Hey, howdy, hey. This is Vic Vime speaking, and welcome back to Mondo Bad Media. Today is November 7th, 2018, and today is Friday. Ergo, we will be doing a Good Friday episode. So what's on the menu today? Well, I mentioned it on Facebook and actually tweeted a screen cap from the uh, film. But this week we'll be looking at a really interesting little movie called Minbono Onna. Now this is the first foreign film that I've touched on on Mondo Bad Movies. And uh, it is a Japanese film. Minbono Onna literally means uh, extortion woman. Minbo is a legal term having to do with extortion. My understanding is that there's a much more complicated term, but it gets shortened to Minbo. Um, it also goes by a couple of other names in English, including the Gangster's Mall and uh, the Gentle Art of Japanese Extortion. But for the purposes of simplicity, I'm just going to call it Minbo. This is a 1992 film that uh, caught my interest because it was mentioned in a really good book that I received for Christmas a couple of years ago. Uh, the book is called Tokyo Vice by Jake Adelstein, and uh, it's basically his biography about his time working as a newspaper reporter in Japan for a Japanese newspaper. Now, uh, Jake Adelstein is not really a Japanese-type name. Obviously, he's from America. So this is a really unusual situation, and it's a really interesting book, because not only was he an American reporter working a completely different type of reporting in, inside of a completely different culture, but he was also working on Vice, which means that most of his stuff, most of his dealings had to do with the criminal underworld in some form. So essentially, what his focus tended to be on was the dealings of the Yakuza. Now, who are the Yakuza? The Yakuza are essentially, and this is a little bit oversimplified, but they're very much similar to the American Mafia, or the Italian Mafia. There's two branches. Well, not really two branches. There's many more branches than that. Um, now, the reason I wanted to see Min Bono Onna so badly is that in Tokyo Vice, Jake Adelstein talks about the controversy surrounding the film when it came out. What's unusual about Minbo is that it is one of the few films about the Yakuza that had no Yakuza money involved in it. What does that mean exactly? Well, in this particular case, it means that this film has teeth. It pulls no punches. It makes the Yakuza look like the bastards that they are. It is, an, it is a no-holds-barred kind of movie. It's extremely funny and satirical, but it's also very sharp. It is not afraid to confront the fact that um, there's a lot of knuckling under when it comes to dealing with organized crime. And one of the themes of the film is that we can come together as communities to confront these forces that are attempting to undermine us and humiliate us. So what this meant for the director, whose name was Juzo Itami, that was his... his um, pen name. His real name was Yoshihiro uh, Ikeuchi. Um, he was uh, 64 when he died. And when did he die? Well, he died the same year that Minbo no Onna came out. Because this movie made the Yakuza so angry that when it was initially released, they beat the shit out of him. They scarred his face so badly that he, was, he literally thought he, they were going to kill him. Um, and then when he threatened to make a sequel, um, he... Uh, fell off a building and there was a um <clears throat> a suicide note typed on his laptop um sure sounds like a suicide to me guys don't know about you but uh definitely definitely sounds like the type of thing that was absolutely a suicide and not a fabrication anyway so that's the main reason i wanted to see mean mono onna but what does it turn out to be 
wow, like I was saying earlier, this is a sharply funny film. This is a satirical film. This is a film that has teeth. The thing that's really notable about it is that um, where you would think that in a Japanese film, you would have that male lawyer coming in and sorting out the Yakuza problem. In this film, Juzo Itami decided, no, 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 we're going to have her be a female lawyer. And this is so delightfully smart that I can't even begin to describe how smart it is. The thing about organized crime and all organized crime groups um, is that they are inherently traditionalist in the sense that they're very focused on uh, a patriarchal structure. There's very little room for women in the mafia, in the Chinese triads, in the Yakuza, in any sort of organized crime group. There Now, this isn't to say that there aren't any, or this isn't, and this isn't to say that there were never any. And this also isn't to say that there were never any famous ones, because there's plenty. Nevertheless, though, the main focus of the structure is to maintain that sort of patriarchal men at the top kind of structure. It's easier to control people that way. And in fact, the way that Minbo explores this concept of flipping that patriarchal structure on this head is just as interesting as the uh, story behind the film itself. Now, one of the things that I find notable about this movie is that it is it is mature enough to recognize that you can have a female character as the basically front and center the lead role and not have to marry her off at the end there is very little implication that there that she is interested in having a relationship with anybody and it's the same for the other characters they're not interested in her romantically they're allowed to respect each other they're allowed to talk to each other and they're allowed to just exist as colleagues and as friends and as adults who expect who respect each other and that's very powerful because when you flip it around and you look at the Yakuza in the film, um, they're very much based on that. Uh, in, in Japanese, it's called an Oyabun-Kobun relationship, literally father-son. So uh, the Yakuza in the film are very, very over the top. The the sort of head guys, there's a couple of them, there's Ibagi and uh, Ire Uchijima or something like that. Um, they're very sort of, they're older, they're rougher, they have this, yeah, what are you talking about, guy? Konoyaro! type thing. I can't do the Yakuza voice, but that's the basic idea. Anyway, um, and then their underlings are usually a couple years younger, and they are the ones who tend to really rile themselves up, and they get right up in people's faces. Um, now, when you contrast those Yakuza relationships, the Oyabun-Kobun, with the more mature adult and satisfactory relationships between the Minbo no Ona herself, her name is uh, Inoue, and uh, her two sort of ment uh, mentees, protégés almost. Uh, their names are Wakasugi and Suzuki. The end result is that the movie reinforces this theme of being able to build communities to confront a problem head-on. Um, this is the first time I've seen this movie. I only screened it once for this recording, and I'm definitely going to watch it again. I'm going to watch this movie so many fucking times, you have no idea. Uh, it easily has cracked my top 20 list on first viewing, and I knew it probably would, because a couple of years ago I managed to track down the first like opening scene. It's about five minutes long. If you can find it, it's probably still on YouTube. It is excellent. It nails everything I could possibly ever have wanted out of this movie. Um, and it's a really good sort of introduction to what I mean by that sort of biting satire. I don't want to spoil the plot too much because 
again, I would rather on a Good Friday episode people be like, hey, now that sounds interesting, and then go out and watch the film themselves. So I'm not going to touch too much on the nitty-gritty details, but a brief overview is that there's this prominent hotel somewhere in Japan. They have a Yakuza problem. Um, and it's all about how they learn how to deal with that particular problem. Um, and uh, that's kind of all I have to say, actually, for now. Um, I still need to let this film digest a little bit, so it's possible that I might do a text post on it at some point. But uh, that essentially covers everything I wanted to touch on pertaining to the film itself. Now, I want, want to do a little bit of a sidebar here because I do want to talk about organized crime and how its media depictions are one of the most interesting things I've ever had to study. Um, I had the distinct privilege of taking a course a couple of years ago on uh, mafia film and culture, and I loved it. I still, I actually am referring to my notes from that course for this podcast today, because um, I took quite good and extensive ones for once. So what this course sort of focused on was this idea that organized crime is artificially created communities. Um, what does that mean exactly, and how do they create it? What the, what the mafia and the Yakuza and the Chinese triads and the Russian mafia and the, um, the narcos and the cartels, all of these things have very similar traits across the board. They have initiation rites or rituals, they have a code of conduct or a supposed code of conduct, and they have a shared history. When you combine these three things, what you essentially end up with is kind of a pseudo-religion. And I don't mean to say that somebody who is a Yakuza subscribes to some sort of Yakuza-ism and holds, uh, believes a creed of Yakuza-ism of some kind. It's not quite that cut and dry. It's a bit more complicated. It has to do a lot with how we create bonds with each other and how we see ourselves in the world. What a lot of these rituals within organized crime are meant to do is to make it okay to do some of the horrible things that they do. If you have bonded yourself to this group of people, such as in the Yakuza, where you literally swear off your own family and declare allegiance to the Yakuza family, which replaces your blood one, um, you essentially create a system in which people are willing to do anything to maintain it. It's very similar to how cults operate. And when I say cults, I have a very specific definition in mind. Um, I don't mean the academic, any sort of splinter group from a mainstream re religion. What I mean is specifically groups that create these systems of abuse, essentially, and cycles of abuse to trap people within them. Now, that isn't to say that I look on members of organized crime groups as being as um, worthy of compassion as victims of cults. But at the same time, I recognize that there are people who are participants in those activities who don't necessarily want to be in there and who have been forced to make that choice. So uh, there is, I do have compassion for people like that. I don't have compassion for people who have made it, decided to become part of organized crime groups purely because I always wanted to be a gangsta, you know? Um, there's a difference between I literally will starve and my family will die if I don't go and kiss up to this Yakuza boss versus I don't like the fact that I don't get to have hot girls on me all the time, so I'm going to become a Yakuza. It's a really fascinating phenomenon that I really believe warrants a lot more discussion and uh, debate 
because I would love to see some some really good scholarship on the parallels between the way that organized crime groups op- operate and the way that cults operate. Um, I would love to see them compared to like, uh, oh, I don't know, Heaven's Gate or uh, the Jim J- Jonestown. Because I really feel like there's something going on there in the fact that these these two almost these two separate concepts operate so similarly. I'm actually a huge fan of organized crime films, and I have been for a very long time. My top favorites would be Goodfellas, Casino, and uh, Outrage. Outrage is an interesting one because, again, it's a Yakuza film, and it's by uh, Beat Takeshi, who's a very talented Japanese director, almost like the spiritual uh, successor to Akira Kurosawa. And obviously there are classic films like The Godfather, which, uh, according to this course that I took, almost every single member of the Mafia these days owns the trilogy in some form or another, which is a really interesting thing. It's like they're feeding into their own fabricated world, almost. Um, That's basically all I'm going to touch on for now on organized crime. Like I said, I'm still letting Mimbono Olna digest in my head. Um, so maybe look in the future. I might have some text posts up about my further thoughts on the film. Um, and that's where I'm going to wrap it up today. So be sure to follow Mondo Bad Media on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, maybe not Tumblr anymore because Tumblr is going to hell in a handbasket very quickly, but, um, and those other good, good social media sites in which you can follow people, um, and look forward to my upcoming Mondo Bad Media post on Monday. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful evening.